Hello and welcome to What Memory, the podcast for survivors of stroke and brain injury. I'm Stephen Masters and I'm here with Josh Reed. We both had strokes. We want to share our experiences, find out how other people live with brain injury and investigate what's new in brain injury research. This is episode one, the lockdown episode. So obviously we're on Zoom because we're socially distancing and uh, hence the sound quality. Okay, so um, so here we are in lockdown. Um, how are you getting on with this? Um, so I am. I have been struggling a little bit, but most of the time. So I'm trying to uh, be creative, do work in my garden, um, uh, doing sort of exercise as well at home because I've got some weights and stuff like that. This is great. Um, so yeah, it's it's just trying to keep myself busy in this time of uncertainty, basically. Well, in the basic news thing that we were going to do at this point, of course, coronavirus is the biggest news. But um, what I was looking at the other day was the fact that less and less people are going into hospital. So there's a lot of people going in with coronavirus and they're all geared up to deal with that. But nobody's going in for anybody else. And there are wars virtually going empty. I saw it in the, on the news the other day. And I just thought, wow, this is crazy. Yes. Yeah, no, it really is. Definitely. And I think if you've got... Um, if you've got a situation where, you know, like the brain injury rate in this country is about sort of one every five minutes. So if people aren't going in with quite serious conditions, I think that's quite, quite worrying. So um, it's no wonder they're starting to say, you know, go to hospital and there are staff waiting around just for you. Because I think it's going to be quite dangerous if you don't, especially if. Um, well, yes, exactly. Yeah. And if uh, one in four people who have strokes go on to have another stroke. So I think it would be dreadful if they're actually stuck at home nursing their own stroke, which I think will be quite yeah. awful thing to happen. So um, I think, you know, people have got to get back into hospital. So if anybody's thinking about having a stroke anytime soon, get into hospital and sort yourself out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I know it's scary thoughts you go into hospital right now. But yeah. You need to. You need to. Like it's definitely a um a good thing to go to hospital because all these nurses and people are waiting for you um to help you. And it's it's very sad that lots of people aren't getting the help they need because they're too scared yeah and absolutely and and actually what's going to happen is that you're not only only make it worse for yourself by delaying it but you're going to make it worse for them because they've got kind of have more things to deal with if you go in uh, exactly. a later stage so yeah nobody wins if you don't go in basically no, but nobody on a on a better note, um, we we both go to Headway in Bedford. Bedford, that's um, the the brain injury support charity, and um, they're, they're doing everything on Zoom now. All the meetings that we we don't go to are now on Zoom. This is absolutely brilliant. I think it's all all over the country now. This is, I hope it is. So, um, if anybody's got yeah. a stroke, then I think you know, get in touch with your local Headway and stay in touch with other people. Also, going to be you know more isolated than usual well yes that's the thing it's like so normally people only have one day at headway and that is a day they look forward to absolutely I know the day that i look forward to yeah completely. Um, and if that's been cut off it's kind of like well what do i do now 
um, you're just floundering in a world where you're basically, you can't see anyone, especially if you're alone. Um, and yeah, this is a good way to connect. And it means that you can see people more times than once a week which is really good. Absolutely brilliant. I know. And I think the important thing is if you've got a brain injury, like we found out, isn't it? Is that the, the more you see of other people who've had a similar condition, the better it is really. I think hiding yourself yes. away never, never works. You have to see other people and their situation. Yes, exactly. You, you, like there's nothing better than having something common which you under people understand so if like you have an issue where you so like you have a bit of memory loss and you're like oh it's so annoying people don't understand people come to headway and they get it they don't have to be explained they just understand immediately it's 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 so needed and necessary for your mental health yeah it's quite a revelation isn't it yeah, so if you're out there and you're in a situation with um, stroke or brain injury, uh, get in touch with Headway and get online and join in. That, that's basically it. Okay, let's talk about the actual uh, main event, which is um, my idea, really, which is that the whole world has basically suffered the equivalent of a massive brain injury, as far as I can see. The coronavirus has yes. wiped everything out. Um, yes, it definitely has. Uh, and it's, it's it's kind of got all the characteristics of a stroke, as far as I can see, because um, it comes out of nowhere. There's no warning. It just happens. And one day you're doing fine. And the next whammo, that's it. Your whole yeah. life has changed. Your whole life has flipped upside down and you don't know what's going to happen ne the next day to the next. I know. It's, it's very strange. And, and if you imagine we were doing... January was great. February was great. We got into the halfway through the middle of March and then whammo, it all suddenly flipped. And I think that that was a big sort of sea change for everybody. And there was this huge kind of sudden dramatic shock as we went into lockdown as the kind of full realisation of what was going on. And I, yes, I, exactly. I, I think the weird thing about it is that um, everybody began to rely on the NHS in a way that they had never done before. And I think that's not yeah. so much for you, but for me, I've, I've never been to a doctor in my whole life. I've, I've very rarely been into hospital. I think I did something for a tooth once a long time ago, but I've never really. And then suddenly I'm relying on the NHS for my, you know, my very survival is down to yes. how good the NHS having spent no time with it at all. So that was a really yeah. weird one. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, so I'm very used to that concept. I've spent all my life being in hospital for two weeks at a time, months at a time, and having my life in the balance and them holding it. So for me, it's kind of not really any different from anything else, uh, like another Monday. Um, <laughs> but I understand for the rest of the world, it is a massive shock. So I've spoken to lots of people who have said, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, I've, I've never been not in work. I've never been um, in hospital for more than a, a, a like just a checkup or a broken bone. Like it's just insane that there's so many people are reliant now on the NHS for survival. And obviously, you can do a lot of work by just staying at home and isolating, but you can't always do that. Um, so yes, I think a lot of people are frightened, understandably so. But I guess that I'm sort of in that mould where I'm like, 
it's just another Tuesday for me. <laughs> well, you've been in lockdown for quite a lot of your life, really, haven't you? With uh, yes. with the, all your conditions, especially your lungs, and so I can see that that isn't a novelty for you. But for, it was it was for me for the first couple of weeks, yeah. and of course when they one. When they sent me home, I realised I was going to have to stay at home in my house for a long time. And it was June um, 2018. So suddenly I was, I went from being out on a summer's day to being inside for months. And um, it was a bit like we are now. So it, uh, yes, but I, exactly. without the, without going for the walks and, and stuff like that, it was kind of like you're stuck indoors and you can't, you can, can't leave the house. And it was kind of... Yeah having a stroke in those situations is a bit like lockdown and you're also yes. kind of, oh, God, yeah. and you're relying on other people all the time, like your family, your friends, your neighbors, yes. you've got other people get you food and get all your, all your provisions, everything to do with one exactly. in your life is done by other people. And it's a bit like that. I think for a lot of people in this country, they're having to. Oh yeah. It's, it's like we've become so used to being self-reliant, I think. Absolutely. It's um, that loss of that, isn't it? Now, that we can't be and so for example i know that i have had a stroke so i'm high risk but i also have cystic fibrosis which means that i'm on the higher higher risk and i also have a transplant which means that <laughs> you I must be through the roof what are you yes, have, so, have you scored 100 out of 100 for all of this then pretty much yeah okay i, I am sort of around 100 um <laughs> <or> 100. <laughs> um so you know, I've not been able to go really to any shops. I've not been able to go to Sainsbury's, which, like, I know that it helps you, it helps your sanity as a human being, seeing other people, maybe from a distance, uh, every two metres and stuff like that, go in shops and it's like, oh, they have, like, parking lots full of people, but it's, like, every two metres. Um, and there's that part of you which goes I almost wish I was in that but I know that I can't be because there's just so much of a risk yeah that I mean that anxiety about your health which you've had all your life only started for me after I'd had the stroke and I became sort of super anxious that it was going to happen again I would have another stroke and and I would sort of sit there thinking oh my god I could have a stroke any second now and it would happen all over again or I might even die you know and I, it's, it's strange that the whole of the rest of the world is now in a kind of oh I might get coronavirus and then I could be you know the yes. one in a hundred person who dies you know yes. and so that health anxiety has now hit everybody which is a yes. very strange thing to see going on in the world when it happened to you personally in isolation before yes very exactly, odd. exactly. it's um it must be very very odd um having experienced it on your own and then the whole world now having it <laughs> yes exactly yes yeah. so, so welcome to my world is great <laughs> but it's a bit like time stood still isn't it it's a bit like um everything's gone on to hold and and that's what happened when i had the stroke for the first six months just time didn't sort of carry on nothing happened i was just living a tiny little life and it seems like that's yeah. what the whole country is doing it's just they're living on a kind of s s weird timeline of you never know when it's going to end that you know yeah. it's like we're lifting lockdown you know when are they ever going to lift lockdown will it ever ever be free you know will we ever yes. be free to mingle like this before and i was very much felt like that at the time i was thinking am i ever going to be back where i was am i ever going to be you know free from this stroke um 
And they kept telling me, oh, yes, the first six months, you know, I was thinking, the first six months, they're going to be the best, are they? I'm going to recovery. And then, you know, six months go by and I'm still, you know, not back where I was. And I'm thinking, this isn't very good. So I can imagine that a lot of other people in this country now must be thinking the same thing, that time is basically standing still and they're treading water. Well, that's the thing. It's like, so I had loads of plans. I had um, plans to go on a stag do. I had plans to uh, go to a wedding. I've had plans to wow. go to Eurovision this year. Oh, yeah. But they've all had to be trapped because I basically, it's basically like I have to, like, basically get rid of 2020 and be like, right, that's done. Okay, <laughs> now. And that is the sad reality. It's, it's making me realize, like, okay, well, I'm going to be one of the last, if not the last person to be able to... You could be the very last person, couldn't you, actually? You could be the very last person out of lockdown. Yes, and hopefully I could be in Bedford. I wouldn't want to go to London at the moment. I wouldn't want to use public transport for quite a while. I imagine Um, not. I can be around in Bedford for in the foreseeable future, but... I don't see myself getting out of this bubble for at least like till 2021. Wow. If I'm on it. Yeah, no, I think that's quite an honest. A magic, a magic cure, like a massive, massive magic thing that's you get given. It's like a jab and you just, it cures everything. And it's like, right, okay, you're immune <laughs> now. Carry on. And it's just like your flu jab. It's just one thing that you have every year that you just get. Um, but unless that happens, I don't see me going away um or around to anywhere like london or anything like that for a long while no and i think that that is a that's kind of um the sense that i think a lot of people have got is that they they've can't do a lot of things that they used to do and um yeah. i think we've been in it what eight weeks now and i think that that thing that's creeping in which um came in when i had the stroke after a a couple of months i realized that i was it was it was never going to go back to what it was before and i think we're starting to realize now that i think everybody's starting to realize that things aren't going to be the same you can't go back to where it was before the coronavirus hit and we had the lockdown oh, definitely not things are going to change people are going to start wearing masks even when there's not a a virus happening people aren't going to have that they're going to have that worry in their back of their heads where they're like, okay, we're just going to wear a mask in public places like the tube and stuff like that because we don't want to risk it. And I think that is definitely something that is going to happen. Um, And lots of other things as well. I think like businesses are going to work from home much, much more than they ever have done. Mm -hmm. And this might kick like, make people go, okay, well actually I have a better quality of life working from home. I don't have the, our commute that I have. So, you know, it's it's going to change fundamentally how everyone deals with it in the aftermath. I think it's interesting that the, like for me, um, I was working on the day I had my stroke, but I've never actually gone back to that job in two years. Yes. And I think the fact that your income dries up literally in a couple of days and um and and your ability to even do your job is absolutely gone because i was a complete mess um and the shock of that happening in just literally four hours is is kind of a crazy situation but i think for a lot of people 
um, it's a very similar situation. You're doing a job one day and then suddenly they say, oh, you're furloughed or you're fat, you're sacked or something like that. And suddenly your income's gone. Your even your ability to do a job is gone because you can't go out. You can't socialize. You've got, a, you know, your grandmother's living in the, in the same house as you and you can't even go out. So I think um, that is a huge shocker, I think, when you suddenly find your income's dried up like that. And that's just a similar thing, I think, to having stroke or a brain injury, the suddenness combined with its totality just wipes out the whole of your life. And I think that's kind of uh, the craziness of it all, isn't it, really? And then you, you end up um, sort of casting around for what the um, what the state can offer in terms of benefits and stuff like that. And we've both been in that situation where, is, where oh, they oh, say, yes. well, you know, what can we do? Oh, right. What does the, what does the state offer to people in our situation? And you, you start having to kind of do another job, which is to find out how you can, oh, God, you know, yeah. access your pension. And <laughs> I know what a nightmare. And of course, everybody got into, into that, and people are asking the question, you know, how does furloughing work, and how can I live on eighty percent of my income, and everything like that. I think yes. it's a, a very yes. strange, and a, I think that in itself is so alarming that a, a yes. part oh, part of the whole right. situation in a way you can worry about the coronavirus but um worrying about the whole of your you know ability to do a job any job or even have any income at all i think it's got to be a huge pressure mentally on a oh, lot of people yeah. so I think, uh i think yeah, the we're not out of the uh, woods on that i don't think no no so my stepdad is uh, works for the council and obviously they're they're doing loads of volunteering work um so people who who have basically sort of like had other jobs but they want to carry on working but they need uh volunteer people to go into homes care homes and stuff like that and see individual people um so yeah it's 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 changing their whole lives because obviously they've been furloughed they've been sacked like they need some income and yeah, it's it's like they've just they're finding it anywhere. Wow. So that's very similar, I think, to the idea of the stroke and the fact that you whatever you've planned in your life or you were doing with your life, starting a business or running a career or anything, that's all changed. And you get this huge oh, yeah. sense of loss. I know I had that huge sense of loss when I suddenly realized that things weren't going to go back to normal. I could never go back to the to the hour before I had the stroke and that I would have to keep going on. And I think that sense of loss of all the things I was hoping to do with my life um, suddenly went out the window and will never, ever come back. I've got to start a new kind of life. And I think a lot of people are now in that situation where they're having to start on a new kind of life. In fact, the whole country is, isn't it, really? In fact, yeah, the whole no, world exactly. is. So, yeah. They, they, so if, they're, if they have been uh, sacked or furloughed, they're like, okay, what do we do? Um, but if they're working from home, they have to learn all the ways of working from home and all the other stuff. So my mum is a teacher and she wow. is having, she spent all this last like six weeks um, doing um, like actually figuring out how she teaches from home because she's never had to do that before so whole different roles and things have to be retaught absolutely in a certain way. wow 
So the, the similarities, I think, between a lockdown and the coronavirus and a, and a stroke or a brain injury, I think is quite uncanny, really, for me. Yes, and I think, oh, definitely. But I think what we've both learned, and we've talked about this before, is that if you continually um, compare your life now with what it was before, um, you're going to set up a kind of neurological pathway which can get very, very depressing. And um, yeah. And I think dwelling on the past, kind of like, you know, as a kind of um, life plan gone wrong at the moment when the coronavirus hit or the stroke hit, um, it, you permanently lock yourself down with that, don't you, if you, if you keep yes. thinking like that. So although the future is kind of enormously daunting, I think it's going to be it's brighter if you kind of constantly plan for it to be brighter, for it to be that yes. way. And if you constantly compare it to what you had before, um, <clears throat> that way is... Um, very depressing it's indeed, and psychologically madness. Yeah. Yes. So no, I think that that is like just setting yourself little goals every day. It's like okay, so if you are working, that's awesome. That keeps you busy. That keeps you um, in that thought of like, okay, I'm working. I still have my working brain on. Um, but if you're like us and you have really no things happening or needing to be happened um so like you have to make them yourself so i for the first uh, seven weeks i uh, did loads of work in my garden because all of the summer jobs that i had planned for the next two years i did in this, <laughs> uh, this time because i was like well what else am i going to do absolutely oh yeah God, i dug loads of trees out uh, got my stepdads he we pulled loads and loads like six seven trees out of their roots um and so we were like okay we just did that and then it was like okay well that's finished what am i going to do now oh let's just i've got a few other jobs that need um and then i was like right okay well i want to do some art i'm going to do my art uh now i'm going to get back into that i'm going to do exercise i'm going to basically look the best in the best shape that i ever do when i come out of this lockdown okay <laughs> to focus on uh really so it's just kind of so you're going to be super fit but nobody's going to see you that's well, basically yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully they, when that all all this lockdown ends, that that will be a good thing that's come out of it. You've got to find those silver linings, definitely, because otherwise you, you absolutely go a bit crazy. Yeah. That's all for now. You've been listening to What Memory? This is the first of a series of podcasts, so look out for the next ones. You can email us on whatmemory2 at hotmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to What Memory on your favourite podcast platform. Bye for now.